everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining and Merry Christmas. I am in the podcast studio with today's Devo writer, Mr. Mark De La Torre. Happy to be here. Mark, glad you're here. We just met and you walked in in the, the Christmas spirit. I did. I work in commercial real estate and have to wear a suit and tie every day, and I'm wearing my green tie. I love it. Green tie. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Glad you're here. Mark, I'd love to get to know you a little bit, as we typically do on the podcast. Would you mind just sharing a little bit about how you came to know the Lord, and then fast forward, where are you at now? Sure. Be happy to. So, uh, I was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That's where I grew up. Uh, was blessed to grew up in a home with two parents that loved Jesus and uh, taught us that early. Unfortunately, I uh, really didn't have any interest in Jesus or uh, I, I believed that I was a sinner and I could understand that Jesus was my savior, but I definitely had no interest in him being my king hmm. or having anything to do with my day-to-day life. Like your boss. Exactly. (laughs) And so it wasn't till I went off to college that uh, the Holy Spirit really made that truth come alive to me and understand it for the first time. And I felt like I could hit the ground running at that time because my parents were faithful to disciple me, teach me scripture. I had a lot of head knowledge at that point. Um, but it wasn't turned on. And that really changed when, when I was in college, it was the first time that I met other people that, uh, other Christians that were peers that I respected and wanted to be like. I, I thought growing up that if you were a Christian, it, it meant that uh, you were a loser and you weren't couldn't have any fun mm-hmm. and I wanted nothing to do with it. And so um, started walking with the Lord in college, uh, moved to New York City, was there for a couple of years, wow, cool. and, and then moved to Dallas eight years ago. Started going to Watermark uh, right after I moved here. I was familiar with the church, had friends here through a couple different connections. And uh, here you are. Here I am. And you serve in Summit. Is that right? Uh, I did for many years. Okay. I, I ended up just stepping back because uh, my daughter was born. I have a Congrats. three. Yeah, thank you. I, You're I've, welcome. I have a three-year-old son as well. And uh, my daughter now is one. But in those early days, it was tough. Uh, took a step back. Yeah, what time do y'all have to get there? Six a.m. Uh, about that. Early? Yeah, about six. Yeah, that's tough. So but way to go, doing it for years. Love it. Well, how about we just jump in? Sure. Revelation four and five. You were one of the lucky diva writers <laughs> that landed in Revelation. Why? Why did you pick these passages? Well, it was. It was easy for me to come to the book of Revelation, picking chapters within the book. Which, that alone is unique for you. Yeah, it, it, it is. It started, my community group decided to study Revelation. Cool. And what started as a couple-month study in our community group turned into a two-year study for me. Wow. Because I, I, I became obsessed in a lot of ways, uh, read many books, and it was one of the most fruitful studies of scripture I've ever had in my life. Cool. Okay. Well, chapters four and five, what are we looking at? What's happening? So it's really a a unique section of scripture. It's a heavenly picture where you see in very uh, vivid detail, the appearance of God, the father, 
God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. And so there are only a few areas in Scripture where we actually get a description of what God the Father looks like. Now, we know Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God, um, but, but you really see a description of what God the Father looks like sitting on his throne, set apart uh, in this context in heaven that reveals his holiness and many other characteristics. And I think one of the big takeaways in these two chapters is that the only right response when truly seeing God is worship. And that's what we see. We see Revelation 4 is a larger focus on God the Father. And then in Revelation 5, there's the revealing of the Lamb standing, who is Christ, and him being worshipped. And then both chapters end with the two of them being worshipped together. And so it's really this powerful uh, revealing of who God is, uh, who his Son is, Uh, The Holy Spirit is described within that in multiple ways. And then the right response is that everyone bows down and worships God. It's a beautiful picture. It is. What um, you said earlier, you said, I wrote it down, the only right response when truly seeing God is worship. And you pointed out chapter four, we see the father, five, the lamb. And then at the very end, worship, worshiping together. What is the the application there practically in your own life? How do these chapters move you to worship? How does Mark live differently because of what he reads in these chapters? <laughs> I, I would tie that back in, in worship. I would also tie back to glory. Mm-hmm. And so um, a verse that I come back to often is Isaiah 43, 7, that talks about God creating us for his glory. And something that my wife and I talk about often is what that looks like and our purpose being to glorify God. And I I see that very similarly uh, to your question about worship of how can I go about my day being the husband that I am, the father that I am, the coworker that I am, the friend that I am, how can I go about those interactions to glorify God if my purpose And the reason why I was created was to glorify God. How can I do those things to point to him? And uh, another thing that just came to mind when you asked is our daughter is named Ellie, uh, which means shining light. And uh, Jesus talks about uh, letting your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father to your father in heaven and his father, Matthew five. And so that is our prayer for our daughter's life and our sons. He's just named something different, (laughs) but uh, I think about that very specifically. So I mentioned I work in commercial real estate. If I'm negotiating a lease, there's a, a conscious effort of how can I negotiate this lease to the glory of God by acting uh, in integrity or by being excellent in what I negotiate or the way that I speak to others or carry myself of being conscious that uh, how I'm responding to who God is, is by acting in a way that others may see what I'm doing and to give glory to my father in heaven. What do you think that looks like in the Christmas season in particular, as we wrap up? Well, speaking about good deeds that we talked about, the 
month of December uh, is a time where you can make an argument that it's tougher to stand out as a Christian because it's a more culturally accepted time to uh, participate in charity events or um, some other generous deed because people are getting in giving before the tax season rolls over. And so I think as a Christian, what what this can look like is really two things. Uh, You can differentiate yourself by using your words and uh, responding and attending those same charity events, but allowing the people that you are working with or sitting with at your table to know that the reason why you're passionate about this is because of what you've received from your father uh, and you want to be faithful um, to continue to love and serve others. And then I think the second point is just that that doesn't end on January 1st when the tax year resets, you continue to focus on the exact same things when our culture may have a little bit of a lull uh, because uh, it's the new year and they've just spent a lot of money and it's back to focusing on their goals for the new year. Right. That's good, Mark. Man, I wish we could keep talking. Thank you for sharing. I'm challenged. I, I think our listeners will be as well and encouraged as we remember that the only right response when truly seeing God is worship. So good. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe, because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.